0: Hello and welcome to Cinema Drunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. <laughs> Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. Uh, thank you for that lovely ice clinking. Uh, I'm your host Matt, joined by Nathan. Thank you. And Elizabeth. Hello. Welcome back.
1: Welcome back. It has.
0: It's been a long, long time.
1: It's been a long road. Uh, we are here with our annual, but we only post it sometimes. <clears throat> Oops. Matt. Um, best of 2018 so far, we are officially six months in, so we thought we'd talk about um, our top three favorite movies, some best performances, and then some scattered random categories uh, as well. And what are, we, what are we enjoying on this blisteringly hot day?
2: Yes, well, too damn hot. I'll tell you what we're enjoying. We're enjoying the drink of the summer. The Apérol Spritz. Now, this trend has been building since at least March, and I was one of the first to point this out. Um, in all modesty, but uh, it's it's come to pass that it's truly the see or be seen drink of the year. Hey Amen. What
0: uh, what's in it? Oh, you want to know what it is? I do. I wanna, um, it's what's the
2: spritz? Okay, it's. Sparkling wine. Prosecco is ideal.
1: Pretentious.
2: Aperol, which is like one of those bitter red ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And club soda. <laughs> Delicious. It's three parts uh, sparkling wine, two parts Aperol, and more or less one part club soda. Would
1: you say a spritz of club soda?
2: Ooh, get out. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> nope, but um, yeah, it's I I. So the thing I like about this, it's not too sweet, Mm-mm. so you don't get that like side effect of like lethargy from too much sugar. Yeah, which during the summer is just yeah unattractive and True. and un unappealing. Unseemly. It's yeah. unseemly.
1: Yeah, I don't like it. Like drinking like a sparkling wine, I always feel like. Then I just have, like, sweet stuck lingering in my mouth, which is not what you want when it's a bajillion degrees out.
2: Right, right. Yes, yes, indeed.
1: That was me talking about my very sensitive palate.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nuance. (laughs)
1: Sweet in my mouth.
2: (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Oh, my. Okay, so get yourself an Aperol spritz. Yes. You can pause, actually. Do that. Come back. Yeah, everyone has Aperol moving around. Yeah, Uh I mean, obviously. Or they should this summer. get your drink, and come back.
1: All right, well, I'm assuming you're back now. Hello, welcome.
0: I <laughs> hope you're enjoying your Aperol Spritz. And now we can dig right into the films of 2018 so mm-hmm. far, which I think we could all agree. It's been a pretty damn good year so far.
1: Yeah, I had a lot. We were sort of talking about it, that I had a lot that I really, really liked. I don't know that I had ones that were like, ooh, I love this. Like, last year, Get Out was very clearly like,
0: yeah, all three ooh, this like, movie is, holy shit. I yeah. love
1: it, and it's definitely going to be on my top ten, and... Everything like that. And this year, it's just like, we saw a lot of movies, and I liked a lot of them.
0: They were really solid.
1: Yeah. Although, I will say that actually the best thing, which is not number one on my list because it is not technically a movie, but you should watch it right now, is Hannah Gadspeeds Nanette on Netflix.
0: Definitely wrote it down on my list.
1: Because, okay, sorry, not to, not to give no, stuff away. No, not as
0: one of my three, just to oh. bring it up. Because, uh, hopefully, if you haven't seen any of the movies we're about to talk about, this can be sort of a recommendation. Of, you should check these yes. out. Yes. This one you should well don't stop this and go watch it now. But <laughs> the first chance you get with your apparel Spritz, sit down. It's on Netflix and watch Hannah Gadsby's comedy-ish special. I mean, it's Night really Night.
1: like just a live performance. Like it's right. almost like a theater piece, and it's the most remarkable thing I've seen in 2018. And I cannot stop thinking about it. And
0: yeah, it's powerful. She is... Agreed on all accounts. Fucking amazing.
1: I laughed out loud and sobbed Wept. hysterically.
0: Yep. So, so prepare yourself. But definitely, definitely check it out. It is yeah. required viewing. Let's just jump right in. Yeah. On our, like, top three favorites of the year thus far. So we
2: each have t- our top
0: three, right? Correct. So who wants to start? Though I have a f- four. Well, then and you're the starting. Board. Well, then why
1: don't you start little, and say your, sure. your honorable mention.
0: So my... Honorable mention, which is a cheat, and it's a cheat because it's two movies, but they just weren't my top. Three. So you have five, basically.
1: We could have just done top five. It would have been. Which I bet I this. bet they
0: could be on your list. So let me just skip over them, and if they're not mentioned, then I'll come back okay. to them. But Better. I can still start. My number three, thus far of the year, is Tully. That is um, the second film from. Writer Diablo Cody, director Jason Reitman, and star Charlize Theron after they did Young Adult like six years ago, which was super good. Yep. Um, I want all of the money that Woody Allen gets every year to go to that threesome and have them make a movie annually because they're so, so fucking good. Um, I also
1: want all the like acclaim and awards buzz and shit that happens every time Woody Allen shits out a movie to go... (laughs) these movies because young adult was snubbed in that way
0: oh for sure super overlooked and i already know this will be too it was already kind of overlooked at the box office um but Charlize theron stars as a woman who has just recently given birth and is kind of going through postpartum and it's really difficult for her it's not her first child but she's just postpartum depression yes Um,
1: it's her third child and it's pretty explicit that at least after her second she also experienced postpartum
0: depression yeah and so she's kind of overwhelmed with life and a super successful brother and it's it's just not a character we've ever seen before it's pregnancy and motherhood not really treated in ways that we've seen before or that I've seen before it's really refreshing it's super funny but feels super grounded and Charlie's fucking knocks it out of the park once again Mm -hmm. and I had also just recently rewatched Juno I think because of Tully I I rewatched Juno and it just gets better and better each year for me yeah Uh, and I think this is right up there with it I really really enjoyed it it was a treat if you haven't check it out
1: yes I would definitely recommend Tully
2: Mm -hmm. nice would Mm -hmm. you like to go next sure my number three is Ocean's Mm 8
1: Ooh. what um
2: which I thought was a delightful romp. Agreed. Um, And I just, I think, what I loved about it is I saw more or less a formula. I mean, certainly a formula from some of the previous Oceans movies. Um, that was finally done, like, with women. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the, like i don't i'm I'm uninterested in kind of a more nuanced critical take at this point because i just, it was just fun and like don't we all deserve that absolutely with, yeah. with more relatable characters us as women and gay men just i don't know at least for me like i I feel like I understand why those kind of like techie heisty movies are so appealing more so now after right. seeing it with characters who speak to me more so than yeah. like you know a bunch of guys yeah mm-hmm.
1: I mean so, that is one thing that I didn't even like think about when those Soderbergh movies came out because I really liked Ocean's Eleven because mm-hmm. it's slick and stylish and fun and funny and it's yeah it's like everything yeah. you want like a smooth caper like who doesn't like those movies and there's literally one female in that movie <laughs> So it's just yeah. nice to be able to, like, see women do that. It's also, this didn't end. But
0: did you know Then the second one, they add a second female movie? <laughs> did you, well, and in the third movie, um, they add another female character? But I don't character. think any
1: of those female characters talk oh, to each I doubt other it. in those movies. Well, and I also think, like, so Ocean's 8 didn't make my list, and neither did Black Panther just miss my list. But it's also just when you actually see it, you realize how deprived of it you have been of mm-hmm. watching a movie of just women talking to each other
0: (laughs) yeah right yeah and
1: you know with black panther like people of color specifically black people talking to each other and actually in black panther this is why it almost got onto my list there are like four female characters in that movie and they all talk to each other and at one point it's the four women who band together to save the day like Mm -hmm. the main superhero character is even like Not on screen. (laughs) Which, no Marvel... Like, it's what? Black Panther is, like, the 17th Marvel movie release? 17th or 18th? something like that. And it's the first one to have, like, four real female characters that actually interact together. Yeah,
0: including, like, Avengers movies that should be, like, full team-ups.
1: Yes. Anyways, sorry not to interrupt you, but I agree that it's almost, like, past a critical...
0: I don't think it holds up to super nuanced critical discussion but that's not necessarily what it's going for and it was super enjoyable it was also i don't i
2: honestly don't see what's wrong i mean in order to even put it under that or see it through that lens i would have to see it again because i just wasn't yeah thinking in that way i was just having a great time great yeah. so i wanted more of my a number three- ensemble Okay, well, it's my number three. So who's next? I Tell love me. it. That yeah. was a great, great choice.
1: I liked it a lot. Um, it, made my, it made my long list of 13 movies that I all really liked and didn't feel super strongly about <laughs> leads for most of them. So my number three also is a little bit more on the uh, frivolous side. It was the comedy movie Blockers.
0: Nice. Mm.
1: Now, when I saw that trailer, I rolled hard. People outside the theater probably heard the sound of my eyeballs rolling around in my skull. (laughs) And I'm telling you that if you saw this trailer and thought, no way in hell, the butt-chugging movie, I want to tell you that A, that's really the only scene of its kind in that movie, and it actually plays out sort of amusingly in a way I did not expect, but this is the most, like raunchy female empowered comedy I've seen in a long time. It is such a progressive look at female sexuality and the three teenage girls are given like full autonomy and personalities and perspectives. And even the parents' perspectives are like only one of them is kind of regressive. And even in that, he gets called on it, Mm -hmm. and he has to learn and grow. Like, his daughter holds him to that standard. And then the other two parents' reasons for, like, trying to interfere with their daughters actually have nothing to do with the sexual politics of women having sex. Mm -hmm. And it's just... And it was also freaking hilarious. I laughed out loud throughout. There's maybe few other parts of
0: that film that i will
1: talk about as we continue on our podcast so my number three is blockers
0: it's just such a surprise i mean such yeah see it now oh my gosh you
1: should <clears throat> it was such a fun comedy
0: and some stealth lgbt content yes I was like what didn't yeah. see this coming and it's super are you awful. saying there's
2: an exclusively gay moment there's
0: more than that
1: yeah and it's actually handled really like beautifully and progressively and right
0: it's like a Tastefully done raunchy comedy.
1: Yeah. It's like it gets what needs to be raunchy to be that type of comedy, but then it also sees, like, oh, but these are the underlying issues that we should handle thoughtfully. And the fact that it manages to do both, I think, is just.
0: Right. And it balances the adult storyline and the teen storyline with, like, equal weight and perspective.
1: For sure. It's
0: a good. It's a good. We would be lucky to have other,
1: like,. Adult dramas that give as much thoughtfulness to right. the stories they're telling
0: to all their characters into too. all their characters. Yeah, 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 for sure. Those are our threes. What's our silver medals? Are we wanna...
2: gonna rotate? Because sure. that's a great segue into my number two, <sighs> which, which is, is also a tastefully done raunchy—not that raunchy. I mean, I was expecting it to be more raunchy. Alex Strange Love is my mm. number two. Mm-hmm. Um, in the great cinema battle. Of 2018, the gay cinema, the gay teen cinema battle of Love Simon versus Alex Strangelove. Because we have to. Let it, it be known, I am hashtag Team Alex all the way. All right. Here's my TED talk on on this. No. Um, is so it because there isn't <laughs> hardcore sex? And- <laughs> graphic. Yeah. So can you so, just
0: quick say what Alex Strangelove is?
2: Yes. So Alex Strangelove is um, a teen comedy. About a sexuality confused boy named Alex True Love, who um, is kind of navigating his senior year, his senior year, and his sexuality wanting at the same time, have sex. And, um, and wanting to have sex. So that's like kind of the central tension in the movie, anyway. But um, and it's a Netflix original. It's a Netflix original. It just came out recently. Down like yeah, like a weirdish, but um, at least Matt described it to me as like in the tradition of porkies and... Or like American Pie. That's American Pie. Um, which it's not that level of raunch, yeah, but is. I see the influence. And again, as with Ocean's 8 as well, I'm just so happy to see somewhat of a formula. Like I never expected to be so happy to see... A formulaic movie but when it's representative of me for the first time ish i would say it's even more representative of you matthew yeah it is. but um what i loved about it is that it's it's a coming out story but in an age where a lot of allies might think oh we've done the work like mm, mm-hmm. people shouldn't have to come out anymore because blah blah blah. and gay people say that too but it like no, we're always going to have to come out. We're not... This is like 5% or less of the population. It's not... Yeah. You can't like take that away from us just because the world is more welcoming, which is a great thing, but it's still a struggle, well, and it's still an individual struggle, right. and so I think this movie addresses that in a much more interesting way than Love, Simon, which I, I did really like Love, mm-hmm. Simon. It was in my top five for first, for... The year so far, but um, I think it's
0: it's a must-watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's fair. super good. And now that you've mentioned it, I can just say that my number four was a tie between Alex Strange and Love Simon. Oh, I, I Oh, your
2: team! I would narrow. Simon. No, I would
0: narrowly come out on the side of Love Simon for me. Yeah, um, I know. I think that's just my more my style film. Yeah, and I love a rom-com. It's super broad studio rom-com but yeah. I, I love both of them and yeah you could totally see the formula in both and they're very tried and true hollywood has done these a dozen times mm-hmm. dozens of times <laughs> uh with straight characters and just the simple fact of yeah having the protagonist be gay or on the spectrum of gay is so mm-hmm. extreme for some reason so extraordinary and it shouldn't shouldn't be that like revolutionary, but no, it is. But it is. It's the same thing sure. I
1: was talking about, seeing a film with a bunch of women in <laughs> right. it. Right. Or like the response to Black Panther of actually seeing them like people of color actually seeing themselves represented on screen. Like it's still sort of revolutionary if you guys get to see ordinary stories. You know, you always talk about it when we talk about queer cinema that they're either like dying of AIDS or Right. Or, you know what I mean? That it's And they're f-
2: always white until Right. Luckily, the path, we've had a really great stretch so far. I hope it keeps I know, I'm just thinking going. we also had Moonlight. Heartbeats,
1: and then there was Heartbeat Loud, which is a release. We oh, may yeah. talk about Heartbeat Loud. Yeah, even, had, they, even just this year, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. There's
0: um,
1: a queer story in Blockers. Like, it's, yeah, it's not terrible. <laughs> right.
0: It was just so refreshing to see both, and I really connected to both, not just because I am a gay male, but thankfully they were both super good. Yeah. And like I'm holding them almost to a higher standard and not just appreciating them because oh finally, yay, throw anything in front of me with a gay character, I'm going to respond to it, which to an extent is true, but so much of gay cinema has been so underfunded, so it's yes. been, you know, poor quality yes. on all yeah. around. And so to finally start to be able to tell these stories with
1: have some money behind that it. That have some money
0: and some influence and some artistic strength like right. people that are super talented behind the camera yeah. and writing and everything. Awesome. Love, Simon's... The second viewing of it fuck, fucked me up. Just <laughs> affected me so, so much. And my favorite part of it was the second time we saw it, um, which was Nathan's first time. The second it ended, and it doesn't end with... Like, there's not some big romantic mm-hmm. ending. It's just the, the friends, who now include the love interest, are in a car, and they're, like, driving off to go do something. They've presumably graduated. It's, like, their summer before they go off to college. Right. I don't know if I've ever had a feeling that, it's so hard to describe, but I just, I instantly had a feeling watching that of exactly that summer between graduating high school and going to college, and it had my, that was not at all my experience on screen, but it was just an exact feeling where it was like, there was like a taste in my mouth, a sting in my eye, like everything. Every single thing put me back in that moment and it wasn't like, oh, those were the moments like when everything was possible. It was just literally, it just put me back in that moment. I was like, wow, the fact that it was able to like put those moods together and just transported me there was like super effective.
1: I had that in the scene where Simon comes out to his one friend in the car. Ooh, yes. Because I was there many times over actually. (laughs) No, but like, especially I remember the first time it was like my very, very, very close male friend. Like came out to me and it was just the two of us and like her reaction is so spot on where it's this thing where you're like, A, I kind of know, right. (laughs) B, I love you and support you and C, I don't know what to say because if I say it, I don't want you to make it feel like you're telling me you have a disease or you're an addict, but I still love you because there's no, but it's, I love you. I know. I think that's yep. all You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, such yeah. a, like, weird... Which, that sounds very, like, heteronormative to be like, let's make a coming-out experience about what the straight lady is saying. That's what I'm saying. But I just right. thought that that scene was played so well that it took me back to that moment. And, yeah, it was um, just
0: a super good I mean, coming-of-age film, especially coming off of the year of Lady Bird. Yeah. It was, like, exciting right. to have another what I thought was another great coming of age right. I'm confused though is this
2: your number two or you're just
0: no that was my tied for number four Alex Strange. you just yeah. Love wanted to tie after hearing that I was team Alex mm-hmm. you then just I, needed well, to then I no then I knew Love, Simon wasn't going to come up in your list and I don't think it's on Elizabeth no. so I just wanted to I while we were on the topic and I think in both movies kidding. I haven't
1: seen Alex Love, which I do actually really really want to see but I think that like Love, Simon and Alex Strangelove are worthy of more discussion even if it's not number three Absolutely, on absolutely
2: list. But who's next for number two?
0: Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, my number two uh, is... Uh, I don't need to talk about it that much just because Pixar is good every oh. single fucking time. Is Incredibles too? Yeah. I don't even know what to really say about it. I really do love... For a while, I used to say The Incredibles was my favorite Pixar. It's, it's not anymore, I don't think. But they just... Every time they announce a sequel, besides the Cars movies, which can all just be burned and that's fine... Mm-hmm i'm like why don't ever do it and then toy story 2 was even better than the first i think and then toy story 3 was even better than the first or the second i think incredibles 2 so effing good
1: it was great it was really fun
0: all of i mean they just do everything so well the heart is there the like action is pointed humor the action is so good it's, the know, way they
1: play with their powers. Jack Jack is a star. Amen. My Holly girl. Hunter it's and Holly Craig Hunter. T. Nelson as your leads. Yeah. I mean Sarah yes, Vowell please. doing my like. Is
0: that Violet? Violet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who, the... I mean, I
1: love Holly Hunter, but I think Violet is just my favorite character in the Incredibles. Yeah. I love her so much. Which that has well that had a contender for favorite. Actually, had a couple contenders for favorite scene. Mm. In the movie. So, yeah, it was great.
2: For people who haven't yet seen it. Is it set
0: it's years set in like, the future? No. it's Is set it... like right almost immediately after the events of the first film. Yeah. So it's not like one of those r-
2: almost they haven't aged up where the, they, the children... Yeah. No, it's no, like no, the no, next yeah. generation. It's, no, it's
1: literally like the uh-huh. minute after the first one ends. Because yeah. I think doesn't the end of the first one start with the Underminer or whatever popping up and then the family being like, let's go fight crime. Yeah. yeah. So it picks up with that battle right there. Um, my number two is Annihilation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is I don't even know how to talk about Annihilation. Oh yeah, crazy. it's yeah. sort of about grief and ourself and
0: it's a ex- lot. It's a lot. Like I, but it's also pretty it's, simple.
1: Yeah, it's both like a meditation and pretty straightforward. But it's Alex Garland. I, you know, Ex Machina was my number two of two years ago, and Ex Machina started probably at my number five, and then on subsequent rewatch, moved up, so I'm really curious to rewatch Annihilation, because I have a feeling I'm only going to like it even better, but uh, just so many, like, haunting, beautiful, disturbing images.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, it's gorgeous.
1: imagery like his his sense of mood and place is so specific and clear which i feel like a lot of filmmakers aren't that great at
0: no and i feel like that's what he prioritizes which i love because like he it's a series of books that i guess he read them all once and then wrote the screenplay based off his memories and his emotions of what the books made him feel Feel. Yeah, I love that. I yeah, book purists love, probably hate that, but love, I love that. Yeah, love
2: that. it's an adaptation. It's not. Yeah, a... it's a different
0: medium. Yeah, right. I love which it. Is,
1: is what it should be. Uh, this is another film that it was like a cast of almost all women, mm-hmm. except for um, Oscar, Oscar Isaac, Isaac and, and, and he's I'm invited like, invited to the party every time. Yeah, he's he's always welcome to come over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to be really clear about that, Oscar Isaac. You are always, always welcome, welcome to
0: come over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. I just I loved it. It was like being transported into a different dimension, not even place, like dimension. Yeah. Um, and I thought I can be sort of hot and cold on her, but I thought Natalie Portman was really great. The whole cast was phenomenal. Yeah, and there are just images and I mean, it's interesting that you say he wrote the screenplay then based on how like he felt and the images he remembered from the books because that's how I feel about the movie, which is like yeah, for just sure. specific emotions and images and memories. Definitely images, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is my number two, Annihilation. For
2: sure.
0: Well um, that's my number one.
1: Oh, well. Of the great year so far. Great. There you go.
0: It's also my
2: number one. I really? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: my number one is Deadpool 2? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Deadpool 2. A movie we <laughs> did not I have not see. seen that movie. Um, my number one has been discussed already, too. My number one is Tully. Nice.
2: Uh... Um,
1: I mean, Matt, you already spoke about it. I kind of didn't just because I knew it was coming up on mine, but... Yeah, it's just a different portrayal of motherhood in both its, like, tediousness mm. and stresses. But those stresses... Like I think about like the bad moms movies Mm. where it's like, we just need to go out and party. And what does our life become? We're sad women and we need to be. And like, none of it actually is about like pitying the character or being sad and sort of, I don't want to spoil it. It's weird to say that this movie has a spoiler, but I would say like go in, not knowing just so you can be sort of carried on the emotional journey that the film is taking you on. So being as vague as possible, the film comes out in this like really um like this really powerful thing about how life may not be what you expected it to be when you were young
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it doesn't mean it doesn't have worth and there's beauty in what you become and yeah. that's sort of for all that she's going through she realizes the beauty of her life which is kind of the journey she on she's on which is not what I expected that movie to be because that's no. not a journey that we ever see like it's always something to be overcome or it would just be a rumination on the disappointments about her life and it's not that i don't know it, it was a portrayal of motherhood that i have never seen before and that is another movie that has just really stuck with yeah.
0: me and none of the three of us would know what motherhood is is really no life, other than no, knowing no. cats but it was <laughs> definitely something we're watching it it's pretty, it feels pretty grounded and realistic in, yeah. in its depiction of just some of the day-to-days or intricacies of, of having an infant. Yes. Where... And can, two other children. And, and two one, other children. One of whom seems like husband. he's maybe on
1: the autism spectrum. Right.
0: And it definitely seemed like something where I could sense in the audience people who were mothers were like, oh, yes, we get it. Yeah. Isn't this actually kind of beautiful? Yeah. And then those of us who do not want children being like... <laughs> this is pr- this is i do not want this this is reaffirming my choices <laughs> i bless you for doing it i can see yep. that it is a powerful loving thing to do but no thank you <laughs> right and it just it's great at presenting that i don't know there's just no bullshit i i really i yeah. want more from diablo cody me well, too blockers and tully are top of my list
2: because I I they shouldn't either it. yeah but
1: and and Tully, I feel like, is another one of those that we were talking about, just sort of, like, upending what we expect and the roles that we expect to see on, for women. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, like, women have been playing mothers to the end of time, and that's the joke, right? That by the time you're 32 in Hollywood, you are stuck playing a mother. Yeah. But it's the most interesting to, instead of just being like, I'm a mother, I care for people, I'm supportive wife, I'm, like, all of these things, it's this role that we see... But given a whole new dimension and depth and I don't know, yeah. generosity. Not Absolutely. unlike Ladybird, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a real generosity of feeling and
0: care. For mm-hmm. sure. Well, while we're on that subject. Y- yes, were
2: you I just had some other things to say about annihilation. Mike. Oh yes. Well, Your number one. Which is just our well, number that,
0: one. I think
2: what well, first of all, it's far and away my number one.
0: Mm-hmm. Great.
2: Um, awesome. It, uh, I mean, it has plenty that reminds me of Arrival from a couple mm-hmm. years ago, maybe mm-hmm. two, three years ago. Um, I can see that, yeah. But I think the biggest thing for me is that it, like the whole point of the movie seems to like be to shift you out of your comfort zone. Like for me, it was like a soul shifting movie, like mm-hmm. co- like Contact when I first saw it. Mm or arrival that it's an existential philosophical
1: for sure sort
2: of th- there are those themes there so you end up thinking about what <clears throat> what it means to be human what it means to be alive etc cetera, etc cetera. but i think specifically there was a lot of like body horror <laughs> mm. in this and so yeah. it not only soul shifting but like body just like that i mean i'm going to watch it again at least one other time because there's just so much to unpack but i think th- its ability to create a literal out-of-body experience yes. is astounding to me and i watched it on a laptop on netflix in a little tiny room in costa rica on the like second night of my home stay when i Bragg was there alert. for four weeks by the way, no. Oh, that wasn't <laughs> but to no, but like it was. It was also that probably helped it in my sure set the mood right. Yeah, because I was already out of place. Yeah, sure. And the whole movie is a little bit of, like being in going into the shimmer is definitely like being somewhere you're not really supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway but it it was just and and also the the score like there was the like mm. weird twangy country Loved score it, it was a, it was genius yeah. and i have to watch it again to kind of like articulate exactly why but it worked
1: which is another thing like alex garland like clearly i mean i'm going to give him credit for this but he seems to really consider music when making his film and like it seems like it must be like a real collaboration with whoever is scoring his films because the music in ex Machina is so good and so effective and sort of mechanical you know what i mean like it not only is it effective but it's like it's also of a piece with the rest of the the visuals of the film and the themes of the film and i feel like it's the same thing with this film where the the music is kind of earthy and discordant mm. and in the same way that the the shimmer and the film and the visuals are earthy but discordant Do you know what i mean it's like a real a real marriage that seems very thoughtful and intentional yeah
0: for sure a great ensemble
1: great ensemble
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: all right well should we move on to some best performances let's yes yeah. um because this first one, because we should start with the best category. Yes. Right? Let's do it. Um, was a real barn burner in that, like, I could make my best actress top five already just from yeah, the I first. Yep, I could come up with the
0: Academy Award nominees for best actress yes. from just this first half of the year.
1: And not like, I'm throwing in this person because there haven't been enough, but like, genuinely, if these were like the women who made it to the end of the year, I'd be like, this is a strong year for female performances. For so sure. let's talk about best actress. Let's. Who who did we all pick? I can start. Um, I, after having many runner-ups, ultimately with went with Tony Collette. So did for I. For Hereditary.
0: Yeah, wow. I was back and forth. Well, between like at least <laughs> yeah. five different people, <laughs> yes. and I was like, you know what? I just I have to go with Tony Collette.
1: Just what the the task she is given is so gargantuan, and she nails every single moment of it I think
0: excels like she's <laughs> she is doing such good committed professional work yeah at this character and in each scene selling it as you know just perfectly f- for just what that character is or what she's doing that the like genre switching of it like it's a it's a straight- up horror it's thriller it's like a psychological yep. thing. It 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 can we can read all of that.
1: It all feels of a piece because she because she's
0: just doing such fucking layered amazing work.
1: I also think you know how when we talked about the show Big Little Lies, I said that the scenes with Nicole Kidman and her therapist should be shown to like every acting student ever because it's a goddamn Mm masterclass. I want to add in Tony Colette's. She gives a speech at like a group help Mm. group support meeting
0: a grief support counseling counseling group
1: yeah yeah i want to just do her speech there and then the scene at the dinner table
0: oh my god i like uh, that fucking face on your face it is so masterful it's so
1: masterful oh my god like yeah
0: i think we all have the same reservations about the film as a whole i'm not sure if it nailed its ending but it's so unsettling I think we mentioned, this is hereditary. Is yes, what we're I talking did, about. yeah. Okay, it's a Okay, good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hereditary.
0: But Dame Tony Collette, as I've, Sin and Drunk has now deemed her yeah, a dame. Back it, in Sixth Sense form. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels like she finally was given a role that is worthy of her. Right. <laughs> like, she's just usually, you know, triple X return of xander cage did not require of her what her abilities are able to produce Is that
2: a move? Is that a real
1: move? It, it is. is. <laughs> and she is. That. And she's sadly in it.
0: Wow. And and she just to bring it back to Diablo Cody was the lead in United States of Terra a Showtime series created by Diablo Cody. Yeah. Well, my best
2: actress mm-hmm. um was Natalie Portman in That's, Annihilation yeah. and I'm also hot and cold on her or or I'm through the over the years, I've I've had my reservations, yeah. But then um, I've also loved her in certain things. Loved her in Jackie, right? But I love her in Annihilation, particularly because she's a little more uh, the character really is more internal in some ways, and because she's kind of putting on a brave face the whole time,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I guess. So the the what she communicates under that, like, veil of having to be strong to get through this surreal fucking experience that makes no sense to anyone um, is pretty cool.
1: I'm also just sort of maybe a little bit in defense of her. I'm curious to see where Natalie Portman goes as an actress now that she's finally getting to sort of an age, and also it seems like a stage in her career where she's quite choosy about what she's taking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because because of the way she looks and where she got her start, she is so often infantilized in movies. Like, she's mm. kind of like yeah. the yeah. baby girl. Even as an adult, she's got that sort of thing. Closer, yeah. yeah and and it seems like it's maybe not who Natalie Pertman is as a person, either. She seems like a woman with a lot of... She's
0: super smart.
1: Yeah, very smart, and like a woman with a lot of gumption and grit, and Annihilation struck me as one of her first... And even, I mean, Jackie, I think, is great because it's a ridiculous film. And, again, I don't know if she's brilliant or terrible, but they both work (laughs) in that performance. But that one's still sort of like a little bit of, you know, Jackie O is a little infantilized and a little like... Right, right. um, But Annihilation, I think, is the first one where I've seen where it's like she's a confident adult woman. And there's like none of the like sort of... Childlike quality that directors like to bring out in her. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I think that she could grow into being like a really fascinating actress as she gets older and kind of is finally able to move away from.
2: Queen
0: Amadala is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank God.
1: Um, just real quickly I would mention that like I would have I I was considering obviously Charlize Theron for Tully who was incredible for sure Emily Blunt for A Quiet Place absolutely
0: that was my runner up I think yeah another one I need to see
1: yep which was great it was a great movie she's and she's unbelievable because she can do
0: anything
1: including like use no words including like signing a scene yep um yeah and, and Rachel then, and
0: McAdams in Game Night, I definitely considered great, also because I love yes. her doing comedy, and she's super good. In that I movie. even liked her. Do you not uh, normally like Rachel McAdams. She, uh, I mean, I just
2: I've never given her enough credit. Probably again because of the roles she gets. Yeah. But she's hilarious. She's really and her great. timing is perfect. Yeah. And,
1: and she's yeah. real good in that movie.
0: Yeah.
2: She's
1: great. She's real good. Mm-hmm. And and Holly Hunter's voice work for Incredibles too. Incredibles 2, too. amen. All good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we'll just mention it briefly. We got to Best Actor, and we were all sort of like, meh.
0: I abstained. I didn't vote for anyone for Best Actor. I just don't think there have been any that I've seen, at least. I'm sure there are some out there. Right. I've heard it's... Ethan Hawke is incredible in First Reform, a movie I don't I really care interest. about. I but...
2: I can't. Well, I wrote down Daniel Doaney... Okay, for Alex For Strange Strangelove. Alex Strangelove it's not particularly it's I mean he's great he's it's great. fantastic casting I think it's a tricky role and they and cast he it does it well so but it's not yeah. like I at the end of the year I highly doubt I will be you know wanting to give this kid awards but um he he's did super a, good. he did a nice job and it was great casting like you said so great. it's the best I can do.
1: Yeah, I did Nick Offerman for Heart Beats Loud, which was a movie, I, Hearts Beat Loud, I keep putting that in the wrong place, <laughs> um, which was a movie I think we all enjoyed. It's He's a great. nice summer movie, it's mm-hmm. sweet, he was really good, it was different from Ron Swanson, which is what I yeah. primarily know him as, but again, it's not like, yeah, it's not like a performance that is like, I'm going to keep coming, or maybe I will keep coming back to it, because maybe this know. year will be a garbage year for, for male leads.
0: And Tony Collette was in that too? She was. Just put her everywhere.
1: Um, let's do Supporting Actress.
0: Grand. Yeah.
2: My Supporting Actress is Tessa Thompson in Annihilation. Mm. Nice. Um, it is... Not entirely, but a lot of it is for the, her final scene. Mm-hmm. Which I will not yeah. give spoilers for, but she, she's... It, I was mesmerized by her in this movie. And I was mesmerized by the whole movie, as as we know. But um, she created a whole galaxy for this character that, a great way to that wasn't necessarily there in the script i mean it's a good script but like she had a backstory mm-hmm. and it was so much fun to watch yeah mm-hmm. I think gina, and gina rodriguez heartbreaking yeah. all i mean oh. everyone and I, I
1: liked that like norwegian lady or whatever she I was Scandinavian yeah, yeah. Woman.
2: she yeah. was haunting she and was then great. um jennifer jason lee was incredible um, it was a
1: very Jennifer Jason Lee performance, yep. but, but yes.
2: Tessa Thompson, like the sublime sadness of her character, was
0: mm-hmm. just like yeah. it she's was a got lot. A face for the screen.
1: It's also she's, not a role though that I have. She does seen... it's so expressive and she's. Fucking it's also beautiful. not it's a role that I have seen role. Tessa Thompson do. Like she right. tends to play like kind of ball busting ladies. Like I'm thinking in Thor Ragnarok, even in Creed, on Westworld. Westworld, yeah. Like, the so it was very interesting to see her as sort of this sublimely sad. I love that phrase yeah. and, and sort of wallflower and mm-hmm. reflective and introspective. It's just like not the type of role where I'd be like, Ooh, this is a Tessa Thompson part. Yeah. Yeah. And she was great. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Um, my supporting actress was Mackenzie Davis mm. in Tully. Um, speaking of like, a face for the screen. Not even so much. I mean, her, obviously her face is great, but there, no, I just mean it's It's not, but, um, she, uh, she could be someone who like, if you look at her, you're like, she's a skinny blonde, like conventionally attractive woman. So that's why I mean like not necessarily her face, but she is such a magnetic screen performance. Such energy. Yeah. And has such energy. And that's exactly what her, she plays the titular character Tully. And like that's what that role requires, is she's like a little mysterious and aspirational and I don't know, I thought she was so great. It was I mean, it was really a duet that film between her and Charlize, with some other great performances on the edges, but
2: Is it a mother daughter? Like Charlize no. and Tully? No, no. Okay. She's the she's like, the night, night nurse. nurse who comes ah, to help. So Charlize is the one who has it.
0: Is the kid.
1: mother. Yes. In yeah. In yeah, the yeah. story. Yes. Okay, yeah. got it. Um But yeah. There's been a lot of it's funny because there's been like a lot of buzz about Mackenzie Davis, but I haven't seen like I didn't see what was that movie that
0: Oh yeah, um, Always Shine. Always Shine mm-hmm. with Caitlin Fitzgerald. Which she's
1: supposed to be great in and like she was on Halt and Catch Fire.
0: Halt and Catch Fire and, supposed supposed great
1: great and yeah. she was like the breakout. So she was like she was in Blade Runner 2049 but oh, like right. it was a nothing part because that film didn't care about women anyway
0: um, <laughs> she seems like she's right on the verge of... she's right
1: on the verge and it was sort of this thing where she was popping up in a lot and a lot of people were like oh my god Mackenzie Davis and I was kind of like uh, again I was sort of like oh she's a skinny blonde girl mm-hmm. and then seeing her in this I'm like oh no I get it yep. because I can't take my eyes off of her on screen she's so magnetic yeah, wonderful role. and natural it's a great role, it's a great role yeah, but it's, it's a role that a less natural performer couldn't, couldn't do.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, well my supporting actress, I had three that I, it was a coin toss. I ended up going with Jennifer Garner and love Simon. It's not a like fully, I mean, it's, it's a big budget studio rom-com and she plays the mom of Simon. Like she doesn't have like a full meaty arc, lots of scenes, but I just love Jennifer Garner and her... Pre- Speaking of just people with presence on screen, I've loved Jennifer Garner And a great for empathy a on camera. Totally, totally. And, yeah. I mean, she just nails her one speech after Simon's come out with her being like, you get to exhale now. Like, it feels like you've been holding your breath yeah. for the last five, six years. Like, you get to exhale now. It, uh, she nails it.
1: Which is a speech that could, in the hands of a lesser, more natural and more like empathetic performers just seem cheesy Mm -hmm. but she delivers it in a way that I just I just imagine like every like gay person in the audience whether they're still a teen or maybe an adult whose parents did not accept them when they come out I just imagine them like (laughs) therapeutically hearing everyone's mother Jennifer Gardner like telling them that
0: yeah it's like wish fulfillment but it's 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 beautifully done um, one of my runner-ups was Catherine Langford, also from Love, Simon, who mm. plays Simon's best friend. I She's oh, yeah, also she one great. that's kind of been popping up here and there, because she's the lead on 13. 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, which is not something I'm ever going to watch, because no. um, I'm just 10 years too old for it, I guess. Mm, yeah, no. Um, but at least. If, at least, if not 15. Whoops. Um, yeah. I think she's really great, and I love she that was. both in this and in Alex Strangelove, there's like a, a lead female of the same age that the movie and the script treats their emotions of being in love or being with someone who discovers or realizes or comes out, like, realizes their sexuality and that they can't and won't be with this person romantically. It, it really treats them with that character with respect and, like, gives them the emotional heft humanity. and, yeah, that humanity of, of coming to terms with it and having their own emotional arc right. and showing that. And she does it super well. Which is
1: also great because that's, like, sort of a punchline. I mean, we even joked about it earlier about someone being, like, a future fag hack. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, that's sort of the joke is, like, oh, my boyfriend was gay. And it's, like, to show, like, sad women or blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, no, it is actually traumatic. Heartbreaking. Like, yeah. if you're in love with someone,
2: yeah.
1: finding out they're not in love with you is hard enough. But it's a complicated reason why they're not in love with you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you're right. It's yeah. nice that they handle it that way.
0: And then the other supporting actress that was my runner up is Anne Hathaway in Ocean's eight. Cause oh, she was great. Girl's the best performance in that film.
1: I also had Millicent Simmons for mm-hmm. quiet place.
0: Cause she was sure. real, real good.
1: Um, supporting actor who would like to begin? Shall I begin? Sure, go for it. Because I have a real wild card. There are actually lots of options for supporting actor.
0: There really were.
1: But I went with Ike Barinholtz for blockers.
0: (laughs) All right.
1: Because I thought he, like, stole the movie. He was so freaking funny um, in a way that I don't always find Ike Barinholtz that funny.
0: Yeah, he can be a little grating. He
1: can be a little grating. And in this, he was like, I totally was just, like, in love with him. And he pulled off... The moments of seriousness and poignancy that I said do exist in that movie he's given a lot of that and he pulls it off super super well and I just really liked him in the movie so like Barenholz why not
0: um, why not my supporting actor uh, is Hugh Grant in Paddington Two, which I still have not wow. seen. Oh, it's super good! I am here for Hugh Grant. He got a BAFTA nomination for this performance because yeah. it was released in, in the UK last year. Um, he should have been nominated for Florence Foster Jenkins a couple mm-hmm. years ago. I am here for this Hugh Grant resurgence and like reevaluation of like how actually good he is yeah. as an actor. And like, yes, he always kind of played that Hugh. I mean, Hugh. Just to say Hugh Grant, you can picture the type, that like foppish, mm-hmm. bumbling Brit in a rom-com, but um, he... Switching
1: over to like Narcissist a little bit later in his career, like around right, the Right, which of is definitely, he, he yeah. leans yeah. into
0: that for the role in Paddington too, but it's also the character is an actor. It's He, he gets to display a lot of range. It's it's pretty stylized. I mean, Nicole Kidman was the yeah. villain in the first Paddington, which I really loved and I equally loved the sequel. He's just a delight. It's a lot of fun. I can't I wait hope to watch he it. he can sustain some sort of awards buzz. I don't think he will, but he's real good. And I'm here for it.
1: Nice.
2: Excellent. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. And I'm glad you're for it. <laughs>
0: Who's your supporting <laughs> My actor? My
2: supporting actor. I had to just double check his name. Um, <laughs> Alex Wolf, Yes. Hereditary. Yes. 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 I don't really want to talk about it that much because it's traumatic as... But... That was fuck, but yeah, um, I got your I like that now's the time that you decide we
1: don't curse on this podcast. <laughs>
2: um, he, I, I think he just um, he manifests the horror really well. Yeah, for sure. And he has the most horrific role in the sense that like the things happening to him and the things he's involved in are the most yeah. horrific. So good on him, and he's fucking attractive. I hope he he's pretty attractive. attractive. Is he 18? I
0: don't know. I don't know. I, I not with so. He not, for sure
1: I, is. He is. He's like 20, but I'm not with you guys on that one. Oh, man. He's like, I mean, maybe he's going to end up being like an Adam Driver. Because when I first saw Adam Driver, I was like, he's not attractive. And he's since like, somehow like... Either he's grown into his face, or I've grown into his face. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like Alex Wolf has one of those faces where, you're like, no. It's a little so punchable. That's very. But I could but see. I but see, unbelief, but so. I could see them being like, oh yeah, so I get it. I get it. Yeah,
0: he's got some really great scene. I mean, it's just an intense movie, and all those roles are intense. It's also, I feel like Gabriel Byrne as the father gets like nothing to do and doesn't really do much with it. But yeah. So then, in comparison, Alex Wolf looks like he's doing the heavy lifting, and he kind of is, but. Besides Tony Collette. The the
1: trickiest parts in that movie, I would say, are Tony Collette's and Alex like, And the majority of the film sort of hinges on the two of them. Totes. Um, Well, I can... We have some...
0: Well, then I just wanted to briefly mention Ron Livingston, I think, is great in Tully. So good in Tully. I think Steve Buscemi is really great in The Death of Stalin, which is a pretty good ensemble. It wasn't my pick for best ensemble, but definitely definitely my runner up almost went with him if if not for Hugh Grant was Michael B Jordan in Black Panther. Yeah, he was he's my runner up too. So, I mean he he's just consistently great and so fucking attractive. For
1: yeah, best torso, yep. best best face. face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best existence. Best human. Um, I was just gonna throw out. I had a special category that seemed appropriate to talk about after talking about Alex Wolf. Mm-hmm. That I had movie most likely to haunt you, and that is Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. fucking sure. Again, yeah. I think we all are on on different levels of how effective like the ending of the film was. But holy shit, there are some things that happened in that movie that I have not been able to stop thinking about. But not in like. A good or profound way but just in a like i think about them and then i feel sick to my stomach it's
0: hard to shake and I, I do appreciate that it it's it all feels like it's in service of having an artistic statement rather than being like we're gonna throw this in here because it's a horror movie oh, and we to okay. shock sure you. nothing nothing so about it feels gratuitous
1: shocking in that way right yeah um do you have well, while we
0: we've been talking about yeah. um performances do, do you have a ensemble of the year i do and while i we had just mentioned michael b jordan mine's black panther i mean yeah what a fucking cast yep and they're all selling it and elevating it, it was still just a, a marvel superhero movie that i'm just by nature sick of it at this right. point but it they are all bringing their a game and That's why it's about to cross $700 million domestic.
1: It's definitely been my favorite Marvel movie in some time. Although actually this past, like, not calendar year, but year has had good ones between Spider-Man, Homecoming, Thor, Ragnarok, and And Black Panther. Panther. Those are all ones I thoroughly enjoyed and, like, will watch again. Um, And yeah, amazing. And um, Letitia Wright was on my my list for supporting actress because she was really, really great. But yeah, Coats. it's a good ensemble. My ensemble, I went with um, the ensemble of Game Night. Yeah. Because I love a good comedy ensemble, and I liked that movie a whole hell of a lot, too.
0: Jesse Plemons. I would have to yeah. agree with you on yeah. that, on the ensemble.
1: And, yeah. and it's just a reminder, too, that like in these big comedies, so much lives or dies on the ensemble, and them all knowing exactly what movie they're in and exactly what the tone is. And I feel like so often nowadays it doesn't happen that way. Like performers are operating on different levels and in different movies. And then it doesn't feel like a cohesive piece. But the fact that they're able to have that one giant, like Fabergé set Egg, piece, yeah. basically every <laughs> character, like they're yeah. all really operating within the same film.
0: Yeah. Um, Billy Magnuson is like a but, himbo. I, I, yeah. Yes, please.
1: And uh, the, what's her name? Sharon, Sharon Horgan. Horgan. Yeah. She's great really fun comedies this year. I,
0: mean, I, Between I hope that and gets Game a sequel. Night. I'm excited for a Game Night yeah, sequel if it too. happens. Me
2: too.
1: Uh, did you have an ensemble?
2: Uh, I didn't have one before, but I was about to say Game Night. Perfect. Great. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Um, well, I have just another, like, this is kind of performance-based, an ensemble-based, a special category, which is called Worst Waste of Tandy Newton. That oh. would go to solo a Star Wars story.
0: Yeah, you saw it. Yeah, did, man, I saw. Yeah. it. <laughs> oh, yes, we did. I just I mean, thought
2: everyone decided not to. <laughs> I mean, basically. No, we <laughs> saw it, and I don't
1: remember much of it. But what I do remember is why are you gonna waste Tandy Newton like that?
0: Like waste, waste,
1: waste, waste her. Uh,
0: she would been a way, way more. more I hope. Right, she Right. I a good hope paycheck.
1: so. I hope she bought like a summer home with it. Yeah, because. Because Tandy Newton's real
0: good, and I was like excited. I was like, oh, okay, and her and Woody Harrelson. I was like, I'm, I'm into this yeah. maybe. And then no. And Bye. she had
1: like one scene where again, I'm like, it was just like on Westworld where I'm like, you have so little dialogue, and you are doing so much with your eyes right now, and your face, and you're telling me a whole backstory and a whole interior self. And then she, I'm spoiler alert, because honestly, who gives a fuck about Solo? <laughs> she dies, unceremoniously. Mm.
2: Cool. Yes.
1: So that's my worst uh, waste of Tandy Newton.
2: I have a special category. Great. Um, which has no good place. That's not awkward. So I'm going to put it in right Wedged here. In. It is um, best movie for if you want to like the new show Pose, but you don't actually like it because it's not good. <laughs> um, sorry. I've been trying. I'm trying not to say anything out loud about Pose negatively because I know a lot of people really want it to succeed. Yeah. for good reason but it's Ryan Murphy so of course it's bad anyway <laughs> anyway whatever if you love pose that's excellent please keep watching it but also track down Saturday church which is at least as of this recording it's on Amazon Prime mm. and um, it's it, you know the 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 um, relation to pose is obvious but if you if you see the film but it's another um, gay storyline or queer storyline um and i think it's a movie that a lot more people should see so put it on your list nice it's on my list
1: as long as we're doing weird categories that won't really fit anywhere nicely and sort of with a, a like queer bent mine is most confusing of my Kinsey scale number. Oh.
2: oh okay.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that would be Cape Blanchett.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: In Oceans Eight.
0: Seriously, Mine too. I mean maybe this is sharing yeah, too honey. much with
1: you, dear listeners, but like I'm pretty solidly what is it? Like a one, two?
2: Zero. 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 Would Zero. Be... So I'm probably like a one. Yeah.
1: Like, which is not in any way, as we've discussed before, like I'm not trying to be like no homo. I just genuinely like I can recognize when a woman's, like, beautiful and, like, love them or even, like, like looking at them on screen but never in, like, a, you're making Ooh. me feel, like, tingly. Ooh. Kate Blanchett in her pantsuits. I think it's just Kate Blanchett because Cate Blanchett and Carol, Kate Blanchett and Thor Ragnarok. Anyways, Kate Blanchett threw in my Kinsey, Kinsey number way akimbo. I like that. As well, she's so- <laughs> Mine, too. She's hot. She's and I'm hot. a she yeah, is. She- yeah, and you're a six. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah.
2: But, like, if you find yourself in a ski chalet with... Cate Blanchett. It's, it has nothing to do with a movie, but like, right. if you found yourself in a Swiss chalet, oh, things would happen. With I would want sparkling wine for two and a hot tub. A couple of are spritzes. Like
1: I just like to really think that like in this world of division that we live on, where we can't agree on anything, I would just like for us collectively as a nation and as a world to come together and say, I would do Cate Blanchett. Like I just feel like. I feel That's like the where... next
0: time you go to a march, your <laughs> sign should just be a collage of Cape Blanchette that just says, like, let's agree on one thing. Yes. We would all do Cape we Lanchette. We would all do Cape Lanchette. Lanchette. Like, With, consent. With consent. With consent. Well, yes, 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 yes. Of yes. course. Yes. Of course. Come together. While we're not necessarily objectifying, but talking about <laughs> hotness, I have a yes, daddy award. And that goes to John Krasinski. Just in general, but also in (laughs) A Quiet Place. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Oh, he's in a movie,
2: okay.
0: I'm
1: with you.
0: Or just in general. But that that beard, beard. yeah.
2: Ooh.
0: You and I are
1: really on the same page on this. And the
0: second we got home from A Quiet Place, Nathan was in Costa Rica for weeks. I watched like 12 episodes of The Office. Me too. Just being like, I do fucking love John Krasinski. He's pretty basic. But I love John Krasinski. Yeah. And A Quiet Place was great. Good was for great. him. I'm and he, excited for yeah, another he was film an from him. an
1: excellent director.
2: Oh, he
0: directed it. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's even yeah. hotter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talent mm-hmm. is hot. Yeah. Hence Alex Wolf. Yeah. Yes, Daddy. No, Yes, Daddy Alex Award. <laughs>
1: I love it. All right, well, now that we've done, do we have any more weird ones? The...
0: Oh, sure. I have just a, <laughs> a please it. utilize her more often and better. Uh, is Andrea Riseborough. And she was used yeah. well in The Death of Stalin. Yes. And I love my One of my favorite tweets oh of the last gosh. few months yes, is like, for a disturbing evening, just Google, search Andre- Google image search Andrea Riseborough and you will be confused as fuck because she looks different in every Everything. photo, every movie. Like, no wonder she can't, like, get starring roles because no one can know who she, she is she's know. like the opposite Sienna Miller like yeah. I always know it's Andrea Riseborough, right and I fucking love her I think she has such presence both on stage and screen just in mm-hmm. general I want but, her to yeah, be but yeah like more if things. a sketch
1: artist came to me and said describe Andrea describe <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs>
0: I'd be like you know what I can't I'm sorry it's and um, I'd
1: probably just end up describing her in um god what was that stupid Tom Ford movie from last year Oh. A nocturnal Animals. Oh, God. Yeah, where she yeah, was literally yeah. the only thing I felt okay about about that movie. Just because she had a crazy, like, wig and yeah. costume you know, and eyeliner. Like caftan her. or whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, I also have a just best marketing, Cloverfield Paradox. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I, we weren't even, we didn't even watch the Super Bowl, but... Just scrolling through Twitter while the Super Bowl was on, film Twitter kind of exploding, being like, wait, what is this? Because they played a trailer during the Super Bowl and said, oh, after the game, it's available on Netflix. Like a surprise, basically like a Beyonce Lemonade, like surprise drop. Right. Or was it Lemonade that she surprised? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Just being like, boom, there's this movie on Netflix that's like a J.J. Abrams, like part of the Cloverfield universe. Right. Decent cast. The movie sucked. Just straight up sucked. But we, of course, watched it straight after the Super Bowl was over. It was like, whoa, I don't want to miss out on what everyone's going to be talking about. And, of course, no one was talking about it because it wasn't actually that great. So it didn't build word of mouth. But marketing-wise, A+. Yeah.
1: Good good job. Good job.
0: Do you have any other random ones?
1: Mm, No. Okay, I've got one
0: more. And that's Best Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants reboot slash They Should Have Been the Ghostbusters. And that's the cast of Book Club. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> which just
1: oh i'm so glad it didn't fully
0: succeed but jane fonda Candice bergen mary steenberg mary steenberg is a Keaton. star yes She's yes the star yes. of that movie Bow her tap dancing
1: by herself on stage i don't remember what to meatloaf yeah, it's like know. everything i needed in my life to be mm-hmm. honest to mm-hmm. dancing's a lucky fellow he is um well i guess th- these aren't random but before we just get to, like, our favorite scene, I guess, and Best Direction, maybe, um, I had two scene-stealers, mm. um, both from movies we've already discussed, but my first scene-stealer, my female scene-stealer, is Geraldine uh, Viswanathan, who plays um, John Cena's daughter in Blockers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just a real scene-stealer. She's was, like, funny and kind of crass and bold, but not in a way that, like, seems artificial. Yeah. You know what I mean? She wasn't like bold and brassy just to be the bold and brassy Samantha of the group. Like she felt like a real character, but this actress had great comedic timing and away with the deliveries, so she was a scene stealer from that. For sure. And then my other scene stealer, which you actually already mentioned him, and I know I already gave it best ensemble, but I just have to single out Jesse Clemens in the movie game night <laughs> yeah. because that is truly like the most bizarre performance I have seen in many a moon. And it's so hilarious. And so like
0: anything,
1: <laughs> anything like I have no point of reference for what he is doing in that film. It's like
0: Michael Shannon in the night it, before. It is. I guess that would be yeah. the one
1: point of reference where it's so absurd and Oh my god, he's. It's like
0: one version of someone that's acting in a completely different movie, but because it's like a comedy, it works it and works. it adds to the humor. It works, yeah. and then
1: it all sort of ties in at the end, too. Right. But oh my god, Jesse Plemons. I just, like, if for no other reason, and there are many other reasons, you should watch Game Night just to see, like, one of the most masterful, bizarre, <laughs> comedic performances I've seen in some time.
2: For sure. <laughs> very quick shout out to scene stealer Joanne Rogers um wife of oh, Fred
0: Rogers yes. yes um in Won't You, won't you Be My Neighbor the Mr. Rogers doc she's yeah, the she's treasure The June didn't squib love of the, the real movie world, but she as was in June Squib incredible. isn't in the real world right. yes right <laughs> anyway amen but
1: she has sort of every June Squib character come to life yeah she is Yeah,
0: she's a delight um at this point in the year um I, we like doing these because it feels like more manageable, like we don't have to do a top ten list once we've seen like a hundred movies of the year, so it's okay. super nice. But there's still lots of things that we haven't gotten to, so we usually have like a sorry to have missed it. I was sorry that I wasn't able to catch yet Disobedience, the movie with the Rachels, oh, yes. Vice, mm-hmm. and McAdams, mm-hmm. and Alessandro Nivola. It's Sebastian Lelio who directed Gloria and A Fantastic Woman, mm-hmm. so he's always given like catnip parts to actresses amen i'm really excited to see that um i was bummed that we didn't get to see i feel pretty or life of the party The like oh yeah studio comedies the Amy schumer and the melissa mccarthy i'm sure they're not great but
1: although i have her like i have a feeling if we had seen i feel pretty that michelle williams might have made it on tour i mostly want to see it for michelle williams because i hear that she's Real funny.
2: Yeah, and which then, Michelle oh, Williams is this? White, oh, Michelle, white, Michelle. white Michelle Williams. Okay. Yes. I was picturing. Thanks for the clarification. No, I was picturing the other one. So right, yeah. White
1: Michelle which Williams, way? and I don't think White Michelle Williams has been like really funny in a movie since Dick. Dick? Yeah, which she's wow. great in. I love that movie. I love that movie too, but I just she hasn't really done comedy at all so i'm excited to see that at some point just to see
0: manchester by the sea was not <laughs> her take on comedy No. Hmm. yeah there are plenty of others but hopefully yeah. we'll we'll get to them before the year ends
1: yeah i added str- alex strange love after you guys talking about it because i knew that that was on my list but i have not been a chance
0: yeah now what what's the one you just watched saturday church that's on my list yeah, yeah.
2: and a wrinkle in time is still in my uh, is still on my list. I know that it is un- pretty much universally med. Like, <laughs> meh. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I'm excited to see her vision.
1: I enjoyed it. Like, there are definitely things about it that are, like, not perfect or don't totally work, but again, it was sort of nice to see a main character that we don't get very often, which was like, a biracial smart girl who's mm-hmm. not super positive. Like, Everything about her and her whole storyline is sort of like coming to accept the flaws in herself, which feels like a very personal and intimate story to teenage girls and, yeah. and adolescent girls, probably not even like, like young tween to teen girls. Right. Um, and the best Chris is real good in it.
2: Is that Chris Pine? Yes.
1: It is.
0: Okay.
1: And Gugu and Batha Ra should be in everything because talk about a face for the okay. camera.
0: Well, you didn't see Cloverfield Paradox. Or, or they <laughs> well, she started couldn't be in that because now yeah. watching. Uh, yeah. Poor thing.
1: I don't know why Gugu isn't in everything. <laughs> right. Gugu should have been Belle. There I sit. Boom. Um, I mean, I feel like we should end on favorite scene. Great. Just because um, I did have best direction, but we already kind of talked. My pick, I could have done Alex. It would have been Alex Garland or Ari Aster for Hereditary. Great. Um, but we don't really need to talk about that more. So favorite scene. Do you have a favorite scene?
0: I do. My favorite scene was Jack-Jack versus the raccoon. and yes. In Incredibles 2. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it again or just get gifs from it. I I love animals, but that raccoon is fucking adorable. Jack-Jack is adorable. Everything that that
1: baby makes is so uh, funny and also, like, such a baby reaction. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, and just his curiosity and the raccoon's curiosity and animosity and yes. just playing with his powers and discovering those. It's... Pixar, done good.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: That's my scene of the year so far.
2: <laughs> my scene of the year is the entire finale sequence, I guess, we would call it, of Annihilation. Which... Yeah. Can't... I can't really go into no. it. But... It, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> whoa. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I have... I'm going to cheat, because he cheated earlier. I I just have a runner-up. My runner-up is from Incredibles 2. And it's the scene where um, Mr. Incredible takes his two kids to a restaurant because the boy that Violet has a crush on is there. And he, like, embarrass. So he says, oh, and Violet, I think you know the boy right as she's taking water. And it catches her by surprise. And water shoots out of her nostrils. And then she coughs and she's turning bright red it's such a great funny bit of physical comedy like animated to perfection and it's one of those scenes that you're like this could be in a live action movie and it would work exactly the same well and then that
0: could be the punchline but then the scene keeps going to right, enrich yes. the characters from yes. their reactions and everything yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's super good such a great scene um, can I
2: interrupt um, to say my final of so that you, we end on your actual one of course my my oh, that was your that was runner up my runner up I mean not my final oh, so I runner up too so my runner up is um, hopefully it's not your actual <laughs> I know it's not um, I already know that. from um, Hearts Beat Loud or mm-hmm. beats Loud Hearts Beat hearts Loud be Hearts Heart Beat Louds <laughs> <laughs> um, the the performance of
0: yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Nick Offerman and his, his daughter That's in the
2: film. Right. Actress's name. Kirstie Clemens. Kirstie Clemens. Clemens, Um, who? Side note. Very happy to see the other young woman from Sasha Lane. Sasha Lane. Oh, yeah, from, from American, American Honey. Honey. A few years ago. Anyway, that scene is. Touching and joyful and yeah. uplifting. and There were a lot music, of really yeah. good moments
0: and scenes in that it was an, yeah, it anything was movie. Anything involving music gets me every time.
1: Yeah, that's like one of the catnip. Like when I think about too, like uh, um, Once For sure. or Sing Street. Like anything that's like the creation of music and then the jubilant performance of it thereafter always gets me. Totes. What was your runner-up?
0: That. Oh, that was yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: nice. That was on my short list too. Um, the final, is my favorite scene is from Blockers, mm-hmm. and it is a bit of extraordinary physical comedy from Leslie Mann, where essentially she is in the room where her daughter and her daughter's <laughs> boyfriend are going to have sex, and she has since realized that her whole quest is stupid and she needs to like let her daughter go. And she's trying to sneak out of the room. (laughs) And it's already like a sequence of hilarious, like her, you know, like rolling behind things and throwing her bodies in weird ways. And it sort of... (laughs) the the climax of the scene is her getting mildly electrocuted
0: (laughs) yeah that's not even the climax it goes on after that it's
1: true it goes on after that but the the high point of that scene is her bit of physical comedy when she gets a little bit electrocuted but can't make any sound (laughs) and just like the way she contorts and moves her body i mean i feel like we don't get enough good physical comedy especially from women like that's not Mm -hmm, usually the type mm -hmm. of comedy and holy fuck, that scene. I can't wait to just watch that scene over and over because Leslie Mann <laughs> is so fucking good at the physical comedy in that scene.
0: She so. is a treasure.
1: On that note.
0: Well, that's been 2018 at the movies so far. So far, so far lots we of good are stuff. sweltering, so I can't wait to shut this off and turn our AC back on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we hope you enjoy your apparel spritzes, plural, yes. all summer long. We will be with you at some point again. <laughs> We're to talk always about with something. you. We're always with you, but. Only in spirit and in (laughs) your spirits. Your Aperol spritzes. Uh, Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time.
2: Bye, Bye, kids.